Greetings, God Slayers, and welcome to another episode of God Killers Anonymous. <clears throat> As I sit here, trapped in this little snowstorm that is ravaging the Midwest and Iowa right now, Iowa, Minnesota, those state areas, I thought I would compose and put out some content for you. So that if you're also on spring break, if you're in school or anything, you can sit here and listen to this. For those of you that aren't in school, you can just sit back, grab something warm, maybe coffee, tea, whatever you use to relax, and enjoy this. For today's episode, we will be taking a short break while we come back to Auk and the family later. But I wanted to introduce some new players as we round out the Void Saga. Now, I have to use a disclaimer. <clears throat> as many podcasts would change the names to protect the identities of the people involved that I am speaking to, which are real people, But such real people have, let's just say, two of them that I will be talking about today have blocked me on social media, and because they have blocked me on social media, and we had such a long and one-sided relationship, I don't give a fuck if they hear this or not. So this is me being at my full, uncensored self. So, to whom it may concern who I am talking about, if you're listening to this podcast and you still have me blocked, you're a piece of shit. However, for those that are just tuning in, don't feel bad for these people. But if they're listening, I hold nothing but rage for you. You know who you are, posers. Anyway, for the rest of my loyal fan base, enjoy this little snippet into a um, rather jagged piece of my memory. Today's intro music comes from King's Gambit, Volume 3. I believe I used Volumes 1 and 2 in the previous seasons, but... I find that classical music highlights the medieval style of this uh, arrangement. And I've got a lot of positive feedback from those who have been long-time listeners who actually enjoy and prefer the orchestral style of intro music. But you can always send me something if you don't like it. So talk to me. But all the usual links will be put at the end of the show. So right now, just enjoy. 
<clears throat> setting the scenery. So it helps if you close your eyes. Amongst the ranks of the powerful in the higher and lower realms, there are those who, whose currency is information. The various over, oversights, weaknesses, vulnerabilities, flaws, and every conceivable weakness that you could find There are those whose lifestyle it is to hunt and murder deities, studying them incessantly, waiting years to deliver the final blow. And out of these purveyors of knowledge and information which is unviewed by the mortals of Etheris, These people who possess the knowledge of divine weaknesses, diabolic weaknesses, and any creature they may encounter in the astral and above and below are seen as wise, magi, mystics, hunters, and energy workers. Today, we will be talking about one such individual who I had crossed paths with as part of my spiritual journey. And despite our intellectual disagreements has had a major impact on the way I view the world, on the way I view the gods and goddesses, and on the way I view spirituality in turn. Before I met this individual, I had not known that there were higher and lower beings besides Ak and his family. This person who is known to me by many names is going to be talked about in a way that he wouldn't like but this episode's not for him. It's for you guys. <laughs> okay. Anyway, people who have this knowledge are deemed as royalty. Their vast charisma and networks of information are so vast that if a deity sneezes or comes down with a cold or goes to some elaborate fancy deity party, a wine tasting, or any other large event, these people will know about it. And usually the people who have this knowledge go underground. Their power and reputation is not earned through spiritual hard work, rituals, and sacraments. Their spiritual power and authority is based purely on the information they possess. If they had not this information, they would not be in their current position. 
those that can't fight, those that can't think, those that aren't capable of intellectual discussion or rational thought, will not survive on the spiritual path for very long. These individuals also have the ability to set things beyond their current lifetime and can predestine things before they incarnate here. And if one is not careful, they can easily drown in the vast seas of knowledge which they learn from these people. always seeking to build cults, followings, and organizations from the knowledge they possess. Most likely with ulterior motives and bindings set in place as to never be challenged by their faithful or devout. These people would recruit you, train you, push you to be an intellectual, force you to read a book, force you to learn certain things that you would never have learned otherwise. Their symbols being the sword, the book, and the pen. Very reserved. always having beyond God level shields up because certain deities do not like these people. The person I knew was located deep in the dark void in the astral. They called him the Fixer, a sharp-dressed, average-height, light-skinned man who wore nothing under his suit but a top hat and a monocle. Over his seemingly aristocratic demeanor and Machiavellian personality traits, <clears throat> these people often gambled made Faustian style bargain contracts who had multiple aliases and aspects to run their vast network Kind of like an astral black market. He also had a vast variety of businesses to run. So he was never in one place for very long. 
and because his boundaries was were on the edge of a black hole, he never had problems making his enemies disappear. Kind of a Don Corleone vibe. <laughs> His bread and butter was energy work. And knowing the ins and outs of the chakra system of the human body. By the time I had met him, I had just separated myself from the order. bound by chains that I could not see until he came in. His name was Ceres and his associate I will always refer to as the snail. Seeing as though I grew up watching Spongebob. <laughs> A pudgy, intellectual, book smart, yes man ensnared by admiration for his friend, Ceres, bound by the bond so deep it was almost slavery. As Ceres was always giving orders to him, like a pompous, stubborn, snobbish prince, Snail, come hither. Jackie. One moment. Yes. Want to try some carbon green pizza? Uh, not right now. <clears throat> Snail, come hither. I am perplexed. One of great spiritual strength has procured my interest. The fat, triple-chinned troll waddled over to his friend. How may I be of service, friend? A toothy smile spread across his face. In a vaguely British, yet equally pompous accent, he responded, Tell me what you think of this poem. Winter's cold kiss, whose chill nips like a savage, feral wolf, bound in earth and desolate storm. Shaken, poisoned. As nocturnal runes glow, promises kept by threads of fate through blood and sinew 
untethered, unseen, and unbound by the cruel trap of possibility. Snail's face lights up. It's very good, very thrilling, dark yet classic. He spoke as if sipping a vintage wine. A touch of cocky, a touch of cocky, carefree yet highly critical tone of voice. Saris interjects. There's someone I need you to get. His assistance in the new deity purge will be most useful. And very beneficial for our family. Contact our agent in New York. Have them brought to me. I believe introductions are in order. Leave nothing to chance. Do you hear me? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Marvelous, Ceres. Brilliant. I'll prepare the video call straight away. Snail clicked on the image as the video call phone began to ring. <clears throat> um, hello? A stressed voice answered. N, we need you to pick up two recruits from the Merzra Cabal's ranks. And responds, Ah, uh, don't bother me, you disgusting slime ball. Why don't you go choke on some Twinkies? I finally got a break and a day off, actually, a few hours off from my job at Chili's. I'm not in the mood. Snail responds. Come on now, Missy. We had an accord. I made my deal with Saris, not his greasy lapdog. Besides, you and Sarah's business doesn't concern me. I just want to relax and drink my margarita in peace. Snell responds, you're being very aggressive, young lady. I don't care. She took a long sip from a freshly salted margarita and hung up.
Snail then turns around and looks at Ceres with a concerning look. She wouldn't answer the call. Ceres acknowledges. Put her on. He did so. Ceres then looks at her with a piercing gaze and yet a bright, sinister smile. Are we going to have a problem, Nixie? She looks at Ceres and then stares back at the pudgy slime ball. No, Ceres. I'll do it. But Gary needs to keep his ass flap shut. For a moment. Look at it, it's like a gaping asshole for a mouth. Ooh! Sarahs, I don't have to take this. You will shut up, Gary. I have a more special assignment for you. As for you, Nixie, that's very good. Now, ladies and gents, it's time to add new members to our group. Nixie, if you would. She snaps her fingers. Yes, Sarahs, they're right here. I just brought them. Good, good. Introductions are in order. We need to change the venue. This place is ugly. Let's go somewhere more private where we can talk. We then teleport to an elegant oriental tea shop and appear at three long tables. Three servants then pour a hot piping cup of tea and other hot liquids in cups. Sarah twiddles his thumbs and pulls a paper out from his little satchel he had. Now then, he said with an intellectual yet snooty laughter, let's get down to business. <laughs> It would be such a shame to waste such a perfect opportunity. Boys, welcome. Make yourselves comfortable. I think we'll be here a while. And that's the end of the show. A little bit shorter but I wanted to get the introductions of these characters out of the way. And you'll see from our continued coverage of these people why I referred to him as such a hostile piece of shit in the beginning. But don't worry, my loyal viewers. 
you won't have to deal with him unless you're trying to get to the higher realms. And the modern condition of this former overlord is far from impressive. But we are referring to him at the peak of his power and the peak of his influence over Etheris. So we will be covering him as we finish out our trek through the void and prepare for season three. So stay on your toes. Again, Snapchat, Caramel Supreme 9, TikTok, X Spider 6, Instagram, Spider Dragon 95. You can message me personally at Zasparilius Nogorion Fallsong. And suggest show ideas and topics that you would like to see. Music changes and whatnot. Be sure to check out the God Killers Anonymous Facebook group, which is public. Uh, catch up on the other episodes if you haven't catched up. And I will see you guys in the next one. Oh, and before I forget... Patreon and YouTube will be updated soon, so be prepared for that. And these next two episodes, which will be released, let's say, either tomorrow or the day after that. So, I'll have more to share with you. But until then, stay strong, stay sovereign, don't let anybody manipulate you, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye!